Jesus, we thank You that we could enter into Your presence. You show us in the Psalms that we enter in with thanks and praise. And not only do we enter through the gates, but we enter, we go all the way to Your throne room. So even as we've drawn closer to You, God, You also teach us that You draw closer to us. So we thank You that You are so close now. We pray that You touch our life, that You change us, God. We submit to You now. We want to do Your will. We resist the devil. We thank You that he has to flee. Pray Your protection around us and our children. Pray in this hedge of protection that You bring life, salvation, victory. You'd guide us. You provide for us. And anyone who needs healing, heal them right now in Jesus' name. Pray that in this house right now, if there's anyone without hope, would You knock on the door of their hearts, draw them unto Yourself so they can open up that door and receive You as their Saviour. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone believe it's it. Amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. Good morning, everyone. So good to have you in the house. And um, I just want to honour you guys, honour our dream team, uh, just for an amazing Easter weekend uh, where you guys invited your world. You were outward looking. You were generous. Um, and yeah, we just had an incredible weekend and, and we just saw so many things happen in the life of our church um, so I just really want to honour you. And um, across Tailview, Malpas and Camps Bay, we saw 310 new people come to church who actually said they were new. So that's just amazing. Just you guys being be living beyond yourself, gang. It's not just about me. I actually need to make the most of this opportunity. We saw 204 people respond to the gospel where they actually uh, let us know they responded. So we always see this. There's more than that, but, but we just want to honour God and thank Him. For that, and we saw 40% more people in church this Easter than we saw last Easter. Um, so uh, then, this last week, this past weekend, we finished our freedom uh, journey, which is a, a 12-week group journey, and it ends on a freedom weekend. We saw 250 people do the freedom curriculum journey, and then we also had volunteers. We had about 300 people here. Um, this weekend, and it was amazing to see just just really people pe- peeling back the layers where it, they just dealt with it. God, I bring this to you, free me in this area. And and we went through um, seven different steps um, on this weekend, and it was incredible just to see uh, people alive and free. And so uh, it's just been an amazing two weeks. I want to honor you guys for being generous. Our dream teamers, you guys have made worked hard. And I always remind you that we're linking hands. As we link hands, we can reach further. And, and you know, one day we will all get to celebrate this in heaven together. The, the lives changed, people's lives impacted. So um, I just want to honor you. And today at the end of the service, we're going to be baptizing people. So if you uh, would like to get water baptized and you actually didn't even come prepared, we are ready for you. We've got shorts and T-shirts and so you can actually, ladies, go to ladies' sweaters, gents to the gents, and you can grab the towel, shorts, T-shirt, if you would like to uh, get water baptized. But for everyone who is already, uh, they prepared to get water baptized, at the end of the service during the altar call, you go make your way to the toilets, um, and you get ready. Um, and y'all, we're going to celebrate with you. So today we're starting a brand new series. And the, the question we're asking is, based on your future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? It's actually a question asked by Andy Stanley, and he actually asked it like this, based on your past experience, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? Some of you guys would have heard a story I told you about a friend who phoned me one day, and he said, 
where are you? And I was at the house and he said, can I come? It was, uh, it was in the afternoon and he just stopped there and he knocked on the door and I opened and he said, and he didn't even come in. He said, I need to let you know, um, I, I'm in, in a terrible place and my wife and I are in a terrible place. And I said, what happened? He said, well, um, I used to drink a lot and we had some terrible um, experience in the past. And this, he said, um, I actually uh, went out and had a few beers with friends and I came home and I stank a beer and everything in our past almost rushed back to my, into my wife's mind. And she, in that moment, was furious and said, you said you'd never do this again. And he says, it wasn't just a few beers, but in that moment, she kicked me out. And, and even as she said, I'm kicking you out, she took the kids and went to a friend and said, you, you get out the house when I come back. And, and he was furious. She, he said, she took my children away and he started to tell me everything he was about to do. He says, I'm going to do this. She's trying to hurt me. I love my children. And, I, and as you were saying it, I remembered this question. And I said, hold on, I need to ask you a question. I said, based on your future hopes and dreams, what do you think is the wise thing to do? And he, he said, like he was in, a, he was flustered. He said, what do you mean? I said, no, no, based on your hopes and dreams when it comes to your, your daughters getting married. I said, Who, who's going to walk them down the aisle? He says, I said, there's no problem. You, Mr. Obi, could still do it. He says, I want to walk them down the aisle. So I said, next question. Who do you want to dance with after your daughter dances with the husband? Who do you want to be dancing with? He said, no, I want to be dancing with my wife. I said, okay. And I said, one day when you're 70 and you're watching a sunset, who do you want to watch it with? He said, I'd like to be watching with my wife. I said, okay, based on that future hope and dream, what's the wise thing to do? And I remember it clearly. He said, I know exactly what to do. And he jumped, he ran to his car and he just turned it on. And I was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Like, you know, he wasn't telling me. He says, I'm going to go say sorry. He says, everything inside of me wanted to fight, but, but now I want to just want to say sorry. And you, you and I all need these moments that save us from the crash. We need God's wisdom. We need a question. Because you and I can trade what we want most for what we want in the moment. You and I can trade what we want most for what we want in the moment. But wisdom allows us to look way beyond even that temporary satisfaction to our greatest desires. Of course, you know, if you're young right now, you're studying and maybe you're trading what you want most. You want this career for what you want now. You just want to break. You want to skip that class. You want to hang out with your friends. You want to party, uh, go there and that. But, but you don't realize what you're missing out on. Even your parents are going, hey, study so that you can get a job and, and that you can be in this environment and you can meet the right person. So at least you're going to marry somebody we can bry with. <laughs> so you're actually asking them, to study so you can have better prize. But our greatest regrets are normally connected to a series of unwise decisions. Of course, if we make wise decisions, it does actually end up leading to healthier relationships and we are usually as happy as the relationships in our life. So yes, wisdom will lead to great relationships. 
If you're currently making unwise relational decisions, you're moving towards a relational regret. And, and while these decisions are not currently reaping negative results, the ultimate regret that you do experience because of these decisions could impact you the rest of your life. See, the Bible says the person who puts God's word into practice, like building a house, they build a house on a rock. The others, they don't build on rock. They build with inferior products on a very weak foundation. It doesn't say it crashes. It says it crashes in the storm. It's only exposed later on. You might not be seeing the outcome of the bad decisions right now. But there will be a time that we do. But wisdom, God's Word, even today, these moments can save us from regret. Maybe you're making unwise decisions financially and friends are saying, I don't know about those decisions. You actually ultimately know it's not wise and you're moving towards a major financial regret that might follow you the rest of your life. It might not be illegal, it might not be immoral, but you know it's unwise. Wisdom protects us from unnecessary regret. I've told you a story about a woman who's hiring a driver. She's too old. She can't do it anymore. So she has a guy come in. She says, tell me about your driving. And he, he's trying to sell himself. He says, you know, I can drive within this distance to a car in front of me. And I can drive within one meter off an edge of a cliff and stay in that range all the way at high speed. She says, oh. Next guy comes in. Tell me about you. He tells me. He says, this other guy told me that he could drive this close to a car and this close to the edge of the cliff. He says, well, I can drive even closer and I can drive um, within 0.5 meters to the edge at high speed. The third guy comes in, tell me about your driving skills. He tells him, he says, well, these two guys told me these things. How close can you drive to the car in front of you? And how consistent can you drive on the edge of a cliff? He says, why would I ever do that? I'd just be putting your life at risk. You and I feel so alive living on the edge, but wisdom highlights the danger zone. Because your decisions not only impact you, they do impact the people around you. They do impact people you love. Of course, the Bible says to us we should get wisdom. Wisdom is better than gold. Proverbs 16 verse 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver? I don't know what's the most valuable thing in your life right now, but God would say wisdom is even more valuable. Get it. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. You know, Solomon, even as he'd sacrificed to God and worshiped God, God had, had gave him this moment, says, whatever you want, you can have. And he asked for wisdom. 2 Chronicles 1 verse 10, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern the, this great people of yours. And Solomon ends up being known as the wisest person who ever lived. And we, we learn who would have thought of asking for wisdom. Come on, you know when you hear an idea, I wish I came up with that idea. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. I wish I asked for more wisdom. It's worth it. Proverbs 4 verse 7, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. It's worth it. Wisdom in the Hebrew means skilled living. See, knowledge builds the Titanic. Wisdom avoids the iceberg. Of course, wisdom's from God. It's not from man. Knowledge is horizontal. Wisdom is vertical. It's from God. Yes, we're living in an age where we're learning from each other, but we seem to value human understanding nowadays more than God's wisdom. So much so that the world's actually trying to correct God. God, I know you said this, but we know you got it wrong. Proverbs 26 verse 12 says, Do you see man? Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. There are four types of people mentioned in Proverbs, and I'm going to quickly take you through it. Well, not that quickly, but quick enough. Number one, the simple. They're not wise because no one told them. They tell you if you ask them, I did it because I didn't know any better. Proverbs 7 verse 7 says, I saw among the, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. Don't be offended, but if you're young, there will be times of making simple decisions. If you can acknowledge that, you already position yourself for wisdom. But if you can't acknowledge it, you position yourself for a season of knocking your head. See, as soon as you can acknowledge that when you're young, there's a tendency to make simple decisions, you more readily ask some people who are wise, what's the best thing to do? See, when you're young, and I've been there, and maybe some of you can say, amen, if you've been there as well. But come on, when you're young, you know best. I remember telling people, I'm 45 now. I remember I would have been the best senior pastor when I was 25. I knew everything. I'm so glad I was not a senior pastor 25 because I thought I knew so much. The crazy thing is as you get older, you realize you know so little. And all of a sudden you position yourself for wisdom because you're willing to ask, sorry, I actually don't know. The older people are saying to you, don't do it, it's going to hurt you. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. Most of my ministry was just telling guys, I did it, it was a mistake, don't do it. Use my life. All these knocks in the head, I did it for you, take it. But most of the time, the simple learn the hard way. See, when you're young, making decisions in isolation is dangerous. You know, when you start dating somebody and you're going, this is my future, they all say it's not right. 
we're going to form a dating cult, just you and me. (laughs) Nobody else knows what they're talking about. (laughs) See, you and I need people who care for us. Watching out for your soul. When you're going through something difficult, you're the last person you should take advice from. Why? Because when you're young, we can be a little simple and a little stupid. And still today, can we all admit there's a little simple and stupid in all of us? And if we can acknowledge it, we'll stop living in isolation. We'll start to find some wise friends. The cure to being simple is time. People who've lived long enough can give us great advice. The second person mentioned in Proverbs is the fool. The fool knows what to do, but still decides to do it. You ask a fool why they did it, they would respond, it was fun. Proverbs 10 verse 23, a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. Hebrews says that sin feels good for a short season, but it really bites in the long run. Of course, we know sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay. Hebrews 11 verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with, God, um, with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. One thing you and I want, well, one thing you and I don't want is that our children hang around with fools. We don't want that for our children. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. I encourage you, don't let your children hang out with fools. Foolish first times normally happened because we had fools as companions. Anyone amen to that? You can look back and go, I see the fruits of hanging with fools. The unfortunate cure for foolishness is tragedy. And I wish it wasn't the cure. And it doesn't have to be your cure. Why? Because we actually are here and God can do a miracle right now. See, whatever God brings to light, He uncovers so that He can cover by His grace. God does not bring to light not to rescue you, to turn things around. He brings to light so that He can do a new thing. Tragedy does not have to be your cure. But some of you have experienced tragedy. I'll let you know God can still work things to your good. God works all things to the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. God can work at your good. He can turn it around. He can take that mess and turn it into even a message. See, if you've suffered because of foolishness and experienced tragedy, you can learn from it 
and you actually can help others who are about to crash. Or you can actually give hope to people who've also crashed. Because as you turn to God, you can say you can also turn to God. He's a miracle worker. So God can take terrible moments and turn them around and use it for the good. There is purpose in your pain. Grab hold of the purpose. Every tragedy has a lesson equal in, equal in significance to its heartbreak. I promise you God is good. If you've had major heartbreak, God can still do a miracle and do, do something majorly significant in your life and through your life. Of course, at Growth Track, we help people discover their gifts. And one of the things we teach them is that God will even use their pain for purpose, for great blessing. I've heard people share that what was so painful in God's hands, now they would never change because so much blessing has come from it. So much life change has come. And that's how good God is. I'm not saying just go for experiencing pain. I'm saying go for God because that's how good He is. The third person is the mocker, the scoffer. He's the fool on steroids. Not only am I going to know what's right and not do it, I'm going to criticize others who do what's right. The mocker controls people with criticism. A lot of mockers are found on social media. They're going to go at you. The Bible warns us, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Don't waste your time trying to rebuke a mocker on Facebook, please. Even in public or even at work, you step back. You're about to try to win a pointless argument that only leads to hate. Maybe you struggle with it. It started out and there was a cause and you went to fight for it, but at the end of it, you started hating the person. Maybe you've stepped into that space. The crazy thing is we have a lot of people who supposedly know the word and are Christians who end up arguing with people on social media only to seem like they hate everyone. Stay away from that kind of stuff. Of course, if you debate with a mocker, you're inviting comments and criticism. They love debates. They're not going to change through it. They're going to hate you more. The only cure for a mocker is God. If you do struggle with this, God can help you. And he's a gracious God. Number four, the wise. It's the fourth person mentioned in the book of Proverbs. The wise aren't the people who are smarter, who have a better education. It's not even the person who understands the Bible. It's not even someone who has lived a very long time. They have a unique quality, the wise. Here it is. It's pretty simple. They're teachable. Proverbs 9 verse 9, instruct the wise and they will be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. 
you know, we're living in a world where people value self-sufficiency, self-reliance way too much. But we all need people to speak into our life. There will never be a season where I don't need people. God's not going to bypass people in my healing process. In any season of my life, I will need to be a lifelong learner. The most dangerous season is when I think I know it all. The crazy thing is, when you get older and think you know it all, you graduate all the way back to the beginning, the simple. Because <laughs> the simple think they know everything. Don't go on a journey and shoot yourself in the foot. You've come so far to now think you know it all. The wise let people speak into their lives. Correct the simple person, they won't get you. Correct the fool, they'll ignore you. Correct the mocker, they'll hate you. Correct the wise, they'll thank you. So where does wisdom start? How do I become wise? Well, the key to wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And, and let me help you understand, if you don't understand what the fear of the Lord is, because there's a fear Satan wants to bring to your life. It paralyzes you. The fear of the Lord causes you always to want to be close to God. You fear being outside of His presence. You fear being outside of His a relationship with Him, outside of His goodness. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is where you start. If you want to start, you can start every day wise. Where you come to a place where you go, God, you're amazing. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are higher than my ways. I honour you. I respect you. You spoke the world into being. And not only did you speak the world into being, you gave me your word. You say the word you've given me, that, that life comes from it. Your word, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand. This word is greater than the temporary. I honour you, God, and I, I position myself close to your word. As you see God for who He is, that He's bigger, that His ways are higher than yours, His thoughts are higher than yours, you position yourself to receive wisdom. God goes, that heart position, that person's heart can receive my wisdom. That's where wisdom begins. Wisdom comes to your life because you've said, I've submitted to God. Um, you've submitted your, your life to someone bigger, better, wiser, and He changes your life forever. What's submission? It's a desire to do God's will. I prayed every service. You don't have to be perfect, but if you have this desire to do His will, you can submit to Him. As you come under His authority, He says you can resist the devil. But even as you submit to God, He's all-powerful, He's the lover of your soul, and you're the apple of His eye, the one who made you wonderfully and skillfully, and knows every day ahead of you, Scripture says. So He made you for all those days. If you come to Him who knows the days ahead of you, with honour, 
you're positioned to receive wisdom. I can, you know, I'll have meetings with people who need help and I so know they don't need my opinion. And, and sometimes I'll, make, I'll, I'll say, this, yeah, I think that's my opinion, but, but what I'm trusting for is God's wisdom. And I say, God, will you remind me of Scripture? Will you give me wisdom? And it's crazy. I'll be in meetings, we'll make decisions or we'll help someone or we, we need to move forward. And out of nowhere, it'll be a God thought. And I'll know He's done it again. He's given me wisdom. But I position my, I know I need you. So even before I go in there, sometimes in the meeting, I'm just talking to them again. God, I need you. I know you're bigger. Your thoughts are higher that you want to bless this person. You don't want to give them what I've got to give them. You want to give them what you want to give them. I open my life up to you. Will you give me wisdom? How do you get wisdom? I said it, you fear God. Therefore, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, you ask God. It's simple. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. You might be finding fault in your life while you don't, you shouldn't be getting wisdom. You've had tragedy. You've uh, made simple decisions. You've been a fool. You've been a mocker. And you go, wait, I don't, no, no. God will give you wisdom without finding fault. You can ask Him every day. His mercies are new every morning. You know, it says that the fool walks past wisdom like a branch sticking out and it knocks him in the head. He says, what's that? But the children of God see wisdom everywhere. They come on there. There's some wisdom. Thank you, God. You dropped it again. You did it for me. Thank you so much. I'm going to use that. I'm going to apply it. Wisdom is the ability to apply God's Word. Ask for it. And lastly, as we start this series, and this is just the start, you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna look at uh, different areas of wisdom. We're gonna look at how wise it is to be generous, how wise it is to be content. We're gonna look at many things, how wise it is to live a li- uh, be a lifelong learner. We're, we're gonna teach you practically how to do all these things. But the last thing I wanna encourage you to do is, Wisdom comes as you hang out with wise people. You do become like the people you spend time with. He walks with the wise, grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. How much better to get wisdom than gold? Choose understanding rather than silver. Let's start by worshiping God daily, waking up. You are awesome, God. You hold me by my right hand, God. You with me, God. You're my strong tower. You're my shelter. You're my shield. If you're for me, who can be against me? And your thoughts are greater than any thoughts. There's nothing that can stop um, what you're doing in my life. So I submit to you, God. You ask God again today, God, will you give me wisdom? And you position yourself in, in healthy relationships. God, you are so awesome. You are so big. This earth is your footstool, God. That's the God we serve, God. God, you can hold this whole world in your hands. You can hold my life in your hands, God. If you could direct the the children of God through uh, the Red Sea, you can direct my life. If you could conquer the grave, death cannot hold my life down. The same spirit that conquered the grave lives in me. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your life that you've given us. We worship you, Jesus. Listen, this moment, Maybe you've been away from God and you need to come back to Him. 
the scripture says, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He's an awesome Saviour. Maybe you know that there's something between you and God and you want to confess your sins and say, Jesus, save me. He will respond in this moment, save you and change you. Not only are you going to receive your forgiveness, which is a free gift, you can't earn it. You'll also ask Him in this moment to be Lord of your life. If that's you, just with every eye closed out of respect, can we keep the lights up just so I can, just every eye closed lights up so I can just see anyone respond. Awesome. If that's you, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, include me in a prayer. I need to pray a salvation prayer where I surrender my life to Him and ask Him to forgive my sins. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Give me a wave. Just give it. God bless you. Anyone else? Just, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I need to receive Him as my Saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Jesus, we call on your name. As we do it, thank you that you're faithful to save us. We confess we are sinners. Thank you that you're faithful to forgive us of our sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. We receive forgiveness. Please be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just give Him thanks and praise in this place. Just before you take your seats, if you are getting water baptised, if you can go to the ladies, the ladies, gents, the gents, if you would like to get water baptised, it's the first step of obedience. It's a public decoration of your faith. It's the wedding ring of Christianity. Leah and I wear our wedding rings, but we made a covenant in our hearts and this is a declaration of what happened in our heart. Baptism is a public decoration of what happened in the inside of you as you receive Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. We can't bury you in the ground, but we can't bury you in the waters of baptism and have you come up again. We've only lost two people in baptisms, but we're sure they're in heaven. Only joking, bad joke. We've never, um, bad joke, but... If you would like to, if you haven't taken that next step of obedience, please, you can go get ready. Can I have everyone just look to the side? You'll see on, the, on your right, we have a door there that's open. We've got men and women counsellors who can pray with you. If you gave your life to Jesus, we'd love to pray with you. I encourage you, that is a step that you need to take. Will you tell someone, I gave my life to Jesus. And so even if you didn't put your hand up, but you want to make your way there, please do it. Or if you need any prayer, make your way there. Don't miss out on this wisdom series the next three weeks. Coach, it's going to be an awesome time. And then Mother's Day, we've got something incredible planned, but you don't want to miss out on that. It's going to be awesome. Bring your mom. It's going to be fun. We're going to be baptizing people. Please celebrate with us. Celebrate with them. Pray for them in that moment that it'd be a significant day. Because as it says in Scripture, as we acknowledge Christ publicly, He acknowledges us before our Father in heaven. So it's a significant moment. Um, God bless you guys. Have an awesome Sunday.